And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Hey, this is a rock and roll museum. You guys don't belong in here. <laughs> They ranted, they fainted, their eyes were glassy, some pulled their hair out, some tore their dresses. They threw notes of a very uh, undesirable nature on the stage. I'll tell you all about it. Welcome to Long Play. A podcast where nerds rock out with their Spock out. Hello and welcome to Long Play. And this, it's like a milestone episode. This is long play number 10. And I'm Chris Honeywell. And I am here with first time long play co-host, co-conspirator, whatever you call it. Since it's a rotating host, I guess we're both co-hosts. Right. Uh, Mr. Chris Warden. Hey, how are you doing, Chris? Good. I am doing awesome. We're doing this because I actually, I... Got in Chris's junk kind of a little bit. Like, uh, when when's somebody gonna do some ACDC, man? Want some ACDC? And he's like, dude, you do it. That's, so here I am. That's my standard answer with long play. People give me suggestions, and I'm like, all right. Well, then sounds like we got somebody to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess if you're gonna request, it's gonna be the person who's gonna be uh, passionate about it. Right. Um, right. I'm I'm an ACDC fan from for decades now. I'm not a super duper fan. I was watching some weird things on YouTube. There's guys that have full sleeves, full bodywork, got um, all the guys from uh, the first album picture on their back tattooed. Yeah. Just some nutty stuff. So I'm a I'm a fan of the music for sure, but wow. Well I'll say I don't think we've had anybody on the show <laughs> yet that's on that that's had any um that's even had any ink pertaining to their their band. At least, I would have, I would hope that if we did, that they would have mentioned it on the show. Right. But I don't know if the Two True Freaks crowd is a really inky crowd. <laughs> oh, there's there's a couple there's of them. Be a I few think. of them out there. Yeah. Oh. There's gotta be some Superman and Batman tattoos out there. There's just gotta be. Well, well, to be honest, I'm I'm just a wuss. I probably would get ink done if I would suffer through it. Um, I think about the only two things I probably get done is uh, Superman Shield and probably ACDC uh, tat. An ACDC uh, one would be really neat. Well, there's so much you can do with them. There's so much material. You know, they've been around since their late 60s, I think, is when they started really getting into it. So, shit, four decades now. Going on five. Um, 
Hell, Angus is turning 60 this year, so, you know, they've been around for a little bit. Well, I just read that the next time they go on tour, they have to have a new rhythm guitarist (laughs) because their old rhythm guitarist has dementia. Well, that's Malcolm. Malcolm, um, Malcolm was, he's the guy behind ACDC. He's the one that, he's the driver, um, along with Angus. Angus actually wasn't in on ACDC when they first started. When Malcolm first started, it was him and a couple uh, high school mates were kind of half-assing it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they needed another guitarist, and, and the whole young family, this is a, this is a giggle, you know, I didn't know if everybody knows this, is that the whole young family is musical. Because um, now, because Malcolm is uh, retired because of dementia, actually Stevie Young has come in to play his part. Oh, uh, yep. Um, the first, first, uh, the producers of their first albums was uh, his their older brother George. Uh, so it's it's a family thing. Now, is this his brother or his son or brother? Oh, okay, it's another brother. So it's a, so it's another old timer like them too. So they're not like it's not like a Jason Bottom thing in where they bring the son in to play the dad's nope. role. This is this is just a co-conspirator. Right, and he slides right on in because, you know, they're family, so they're similar to a point. Right, um, right. Well, they've probably known him, you know, over the years also. Well, I hope so, they're brothers. R- right. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, kind of nutty, kind of how they started out. Um, everybody th- knows that they're an Australian band, but the Youngs actually moved to Australia when... Angus was five from uh, they're Scottish actually so they came over in the in the uh, the great migration when they're trying Australia was trying to bulk up their numbers I think mm-hmm. and it just and and they're they're a very blue collar family so they have a very good work ethic about their stuff well I remember when I was a kid I was when I was like you know when I was really young like this this album came out when i was eight years old so when i would hear about acdc i was like not i was scared of heavy metal like i thought the grateful dead when i'd see people with grateful dead patches and stuff i thought that was a heavy metal band so i was not really you know acdc was not something i was interested but then when i was in high school they had a little resurgence because of that who made who album and right. Stephen King movie, they had a video for it, and it was like, all of a sudden, I saw it, and I'm like, this is a really catchy song. And they started playing old ACDC, but um, at the time, I don't think ACDC might have not had a video for uh, You Shook Me All Night Long. So they made like a video in the 80s for You Shook Me All Night Long, and were printed right. all the time on... Um, on MTV and that's where and I always got the impression they're British because there's like he's walking around with it he's got like chips in his hands you know from the the shot it just had a very British feel to it and then it wasn't until I went over to my friend Adam Blake's house and there was a guy there named Dave Shepard who we called Def Shepard and he had a Betamax video uh, uh, which I own now of uh, I was about to rock we salute you and he said, we're all going to sit down and watch for those about to rock, we salute you. And I was like, oh, okay. 
And by the end of that, there was a documentary on, I don't know, it must, it was probably the tour for the, for those about to rock. Right. Era. And by the end of that documentary, I was sold. I was just like, these guys are awesome. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> it, 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 they, it was just, they just charmed me in their, 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 their simplicity of how they approach it of music you know in in the movie it seemed like their main interest was playing soccer before the game or before the show right getting together and having just like a roughneck game of soccer and drinking and doing rock and roll and sometimes and then there was a scene of them playing soccer and drinking at the same time right and they're kicking the ball around and bouncing it off their head not spilling a drop of beer not a drop they're falling over and it's like their hand is on um you you, you know just I, I can't remember what what the hell those things are that they put in planes to keep them steady but that's what they that's what they had in their wrists to keep their their beer from spilling and i was just like these guys are dedicated you know <laughs> Right. They're living the they're living the life and their music reflects it. And from that point on and really with A C D C unless you wanna get to the point where you're like you prefer you, you don't like um Brian Johnson or you don't like Angus Young, I don't really think there's any reason once you like them not to like any of their albums from beginning to end. You know, from their first album to their last. They're not consistent. They are very consistent. It's, some of it might be somewhat considered repetitive. Um, different plays of different licks, and, and this is it's like that with with a lot of bands. Yeah, but they're they're violent. They're they're aggressive. It's is primal. It's just urgh, yeah, you know. Well, that I have a theory about them, and you know. My, th- my theory is, and there's a lot of, um, you know, people say, well, this band's a great bar band, you know. They are at their essence in a bar where, you know, people are getting rowdy and you see them. And, and it's obvious that these guys, when they first started and, like, got good and were pl- probably playing roughneck, probably biker bars and stuff like that, it was probably, some- it was probably a... Uh, thing to behold but a lot of times with bar bands you put them in front of 50,000 people in a big stadium and they're kind of boring because you're not right on top of them and and that but I think what happened with ACDC is they had no problem going into the big stadium um, phase of a career because they're just such an explosive live act you know um Really, all it's just, all you need is um, Angus Young to right. fuel a crowd. He is such a bundle of, especially when you watch stuff. You know, when he's in his twenties and early thirties, and the rest of the band really doesn't have to do anything because he just flies. Around. And just watching him on a little screen on YouTube gets me all wound up. You know. He's he's living in the music and just kicking around, and it, 
For, so if I'm watching on a little little YouTube screen, someone in the nosebleed seats in a in a stadium is still getting that live, you know, times a hundred. <laughs> well, Angus actually did that out of out of uh, out of a mistake. He uh, he went to do something and he fell, and he stayed right into it, and he stayed playing, and and the crowd went nuts, and and just built it from there. He did something where he tripped or. Uh-huh. He fell and he rolled, and it just and he just built it. It became part of the the show. Yeah, and it's kept going. But um, but they even say themselves, you know, if uh, like Malcolm Young, he says if we don't come off the stage really sweaty and absolutely stuffed, exhausted, you know, they don't reckon it's been worth the while to be out there. Right. They want everybody to get their money. They want to be there. Bon Scott even said that, you know, that they're not a record band. They are a road band. They, you know, it's, is that's where they started and it's been, and they played some roughneck places and they played everything, even from the name ACDC where, you know, they got their origin, you know, is it could be bisexual. It could be homosexual. Um, could just mean so, electricity. <laughs> yep. Which they said, that's another version. The way they got the story was from their sister, uh, Margaret, Gave it because she just saw an appliance and said that's what it is. But it got them to get into different in all kinds of clubs. They were in in uh, as they call it gay bookings, you know, gay clubs. They've been everywhere, wherever they could go. They um, they eat. They stayed on the road. They were stealing people's milk money off from porches. They eat. They did. They worked. They mm-hmm. did everything they could to be out there and 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 to get themselves. Um, build up their following yeah you know before they came out of ac out of uh, australia and when and the reason why you're thinking they're a british band is because that's where they went then when they left australia they went to england because that's where um one or two of their bandmates were that's you know uh scottish you know that's their home country you know so that's where they went yeah. and they started building up in there and um it, it's kind of interesting the the way they went about it is not a direct you know a b c d um we're going to be talking about the uh dirty d's done dirt cheap album and it's it's not even their first album it's their third album in australia but it is their second album in the u.s there there's it's all over the place it's very interesting how they came around is it's exciting um their music is still so primal. Well, it's like me. My ACDC story happened when I was ooh, about 10. Um, my oldest brother went into the military and he was, uh, he came home from Okinawa, had this big ass stereo system, you know, stuff over here we pay hundreds for and he got probably for a nickel and a, and a cigarette, you know, and it was, he brought back a couple albums that blew my mind because it was like anything I ever heard because you know I'm 10 what am I listening to on the radio I listen to what my parents were listening to my parents listened to the country music of the day um, so it's all Jerry Reed Johnny Cash all that stuff awesome stuff so by the way. <laughs> I, I can remember doing a Jerry Reed album sometime down the line I love me some Jerry Reed uh, I got a Jerry Reed 8 track story for you then I used, um, to, I used to sing Amos Moses in my band Oh, excellent. I love that song. So, the two albums he brought back was Sticks, um, 
Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto. Yep. I remember hearing that going like, what the hell is that? You know, thinking in my head, I'm like, never heard anything like that. And then it was um, Back in Black. And when you start off with Hell's Bells, and you first see you hear it, and coming through the speakers, just, it just, and, oh. It's funny you, know. you mention Hell's Bells. That that the opening riff to Hell's Bells and the and the guitar riffs were the first. That was the first song my guitar teacher taught me on guitar. Uh, I think you started out right then. And uh, and that was the first ACDC song I heard. It came on the the Syracuse radio station. My mom had tuned it in, and it started playing. And this was when I was afraid of heavy metal music, and I was like, I don't like this. And my mom's like, This is pretty good. <laughs> Nice. That's a good. But that's where I got my. That's where I got my, you know, Rolling Stones and and Beatles was, you know, for my mom's record collection as a kid. Right. Well, me being the youngest, all mine came from my older siblings. So that's when they started bringing in that. Um, my brother uh, uh, Gene, who was the oldest one, brought in the heavy metal like that Queen, uh, Sticks, uh, ACDC type of stuff and my other brother who's only a year older than me he was in the older stuff so that's where i get all the 70s and all the earlier stuff from the stones and the who and the guess who and yada 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 so it's it's acdc just started there and now i got pretty much everything they've ever put out in one form or another um and it's more interesting that i found here lately is how different the Australian editions of their music is to the U.S. Uh, editions. There's different cuts to the music. It's, um, it's versions, you know, the way they done them. Um, they like to have their sound to be real clean. They they like to be loud, but they don't want to be distorted. Right. So, and that's what comes out of their songs. So that's when you, you can just hear everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah, loud and precise are <laughs> are two of the things that I always notice about and have noticed about ACDC. But I think we should uh, get going because there has actually been a pertinent news item about ACDC in the re- recent months. So uh, you have prepared a report on that? Dateline, New Zealand, November 6, 2014. Phil Rudd, the drummer of the legendary band ACDC, was taken into police custody and charged with an attempted to procure a murder after allegedly hiring a hitman to kill two unidentified men. Those charges are being dropped due to lack of evidence, but he's still being charged with possession of the cannabis and methamphetamines and making threats to kill. Does this kind of sound familiar?
starting right off uh, dirty. <laughs> starting right off Very. with the title track. And oh my god. I, th- this song, I just love this song. And this is this is like almost this and another song later on are like the two ACDC. They put both of their novelty songs. They're like just outright funny songs on this album. So maybe that's why I lean towards this. This song always cracked me up as a kid, even though it's evil. It's I mean, they're like asking high school students, you know, soliciting high school students if you want them to kill their pr- principal, basically. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a horror moral, yeah. you know, s- song, but awesome that's how i mean that's how you start out on a D- acdc song i mean l- let's face it they're, they're, that news story <laughs> right here, here here it is right here it's it's like you hear that news story and you think ah oh, come on but then you hear the song and you think oh maybe maybe they're yeah maybe they're really living <laughs> living that life <laughs> Well, well, Phil has. He's, he's been in trouble for drugs before and such. So it's, it's how surprised were you when when you saw this? It's like, not. I wasn't totally. Yeah, the members of ACDC might be a little sketchy around the edges, and they're. I mean, I also think I also look at them as not a band, and I don't know much about their per, like real personal histories, but they don't seem like a band that came from the the upper middle class or upper class of society they seem like they come from straight up working class they they are okay. straight blue collar yeah because that's why they work so hard because <laughs> right you know I, as rock and rollers and and a lot of times when you're when you're a, a band like that you you stick with the people that you were there with your roots you know so you know they might be touring around and stuff but they they, they might be back at the bike it but sounds like phil definitely <laughs> is hanging out oh, definitely. He's back at the bu- biker bar you know right even though they dropped the 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 solicit to hire a hitman he's still in in dutch there for a few other things for threatening to kill somebody for you caught him with some pot and Crystal a little meth there yeah yeah and then he showed up late for court and they peeled out of there in a silver Mercedes with some blonde chick, and just he's been in trouble over the years for for, for good solid know. rock and roll stuff. Right. <laughs> the stuff he's like, supposed to be in trouble for as a member of ACDC. Let's face it, you know I'm proud of him. Right. <laughs> Somebody's got to live the life. Somebody's got to stand up for all that. You know, all these clean living rock and roll bands are boring. Who wants to see him? The only clean living rock and roll um, personality that I that that I don't think is a hunt is is well, they're not boring at all. Is Ted Nugent? You know, politics right. aside, Ted Nugent is a crazy man on stage, but you're not, yes, not going to see him bent over a police car as they as they haul you know bales of marijuana from his house. No, no, not at all. <laughs> he is the Motor City Man, man. My uh, sister went and saw him in concert and saw it back before he got in trouble for shooting the flaming arrows across stage. And she said it's an <laughs> awesome show, you know. It's this crazy nut shit he does, you know. Yeah. comes out there with a freaking loincloth and yeah. uh, uh, I mean, bison headdress and just. Right. Like you want your rock stars, like where you're questioning whether they might be mentally unbalanced or not. That's who I want to see on stage. That person's going to put on a show, you know. 
that person's right. there to put on a show. <laughs> right. And that was um that was Bon Scott. That was Angus together in the early days. They did some nutty things. They uh you know, Angus started doing his crazy stuff, you know. His his uh his uh attire came from the fact that he had to come to band practice right after school, so he still had it on. And he worked for one one gig and that was it. That was that was it. He's changed over the years. He, he's he's no not always worn it, but that's his you know, quintessential Angus. That's I what know. you think of. It's just funny that like it, now he's he's sixty years old. He still fits it. He's a skinny and, little guy. Yeah, yeah. He's never get, well. Yeah, he's never gonna be. He's never gonna be one of those guys that ages into a fat guy. He's yeah. But it's just funny a sixty year old dude and like, it's like part of getting paid is putting on your your high school uniform, right? <laughs> that he probably yeah. hated in high school, you know. But that's great. He's turned it around into, and I mean he just this. This song is all, it's sort of opposite of the live performance because, well, Angus is a front, or um, Bon Scott was a front man at the time, but Angus was the guy who's running around and and putting on the show. Angus, or uh, Bon Scott had his whole shtick, but it was a very rock and roll lead singer shtick where you're you're holding the mic and like pumping your leg and stuff. But on the albums... Uh, where the voice is front and center, his voice is just so distinctive and it sounds somewhere between like, you know, uh, somebody who's rob would rob you in an alley or that guy who's at the bar is really drunk and he's taking the piss out of everybody. Right. It's like a hooligan voice. But in, in, in this one, he just has, there's the, the two, moments around the chorus where the the first one where he does this sort of it's always amused the hell out of me and is one of my favorite rock and roll vocal moments of all times is where he does his i i can only think of it as his upper middle class twit voice and they do the you know dirty deeds and they're done dirt cheap and he just goes oh it's it's almost a c-3po but there's something, but it's like the, it, there's something dirty and degraded and, you know, just like ew, ew, creepy about it. It's perfect. And in the next one, he does a like super creepy. Yeah, I, I you know, I can't even. That's the thing about ACDC, whether it's it's Bon Scott or Brian Johnson. There's if you try to actually replicate their their singing you're gonna tear all your vocal cords right out of your throat it's gonna fall to your feet it's i don't know how these guys bon scott well he did it for a long time but he did he didn't make it for the for 40 years but i don't understand how someone like brian johnson can go on tour and sing like that and not have to have like surgery (laughs) right every tour he says it just comes natural. They asked him, they was like, do you do anything? Do you do the traditional tea and honey? He's like, fuck no. <laughs> I don't think tea and honey is going to help ACDC voice. It's it's more like cigarettes and uh, yep, and he still smokes. And whiskey yep. are going to be the thing. And, you know, um, I saw opening up for Bob, D- Bob Dylan, and it was Joni Mitchell, two smokers. Joni Mitchell was smoking all through her concert. And okay. uh, Bob Dylan's voice, 
Yeah. <laughs> it, it can be very well argued that probably Bob Dylan should have stopped smoking a long time ago. Joni Mitchell didn't. It, her, her voice was awesome, and the smoke and the smoking was just adding a little uh, edge to it. So it was just like, hey, smoke them up. <laughs> right. He's, Bond's range on this is is all over the place. He covers so much. It's just he does everything from the shrill where you're talking about to to the to the whisper part. Um, yeah, it's just how can you not? Is is when he came on into ACDC is just caught, catapulted them. It was the final nail in the coffin for them to to put them where they needed to be. Because the way they're violent, they're aggressive, they're, you know, and he brought that into it. The crazy thing about this, do you, do you know where the title comes from, the song? No. Right. Is it from like it's, a real ad or something? It's, it's Angus came, Angus, he, he, um, he used to read uh, the cartoon Beanie and Cecil. Uh-huh. So right, right now, Andy just went, Andy Leland went, oh, yeah, I know what that one is. So, so he he read he read that as a kid. He brings it as a it specifically pays homage to the character. Let me read uh, of dishonest John who carried business cards that read, "Dirty deeds done dirt cheap, holidays, Sundays, and special rates." <laughs> <laughs> How nuts is that? All right. Well, I think we're about re- ready to move on to the next one, which is "Ain't No Fun Waiting Around to Be a Millionaire." sympathize with that <laughs> still waiting around yeah i know i'm waiting around a lot longer than they had to right <laughs> sure this song you know what this song reminds me a lot of uh it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll yeah very similar it's like a very similar riff and it's a very similar theme it's just sort of like here's the story of playing in a band and like I, I figure that I, I figure when that this is like the Bon Scott era and Brian Johnson got his own version with it's a long way to the top. Right. Well it's kinda of funny you bring up theme. Did you know this is a concept album? No. Yeah, it's very loosely they were thinking of a Humphrey Bogart esque mystery oh, scenario. Geez. Because if you, as we go on, 
it kind of there's there's a theme through this whole album because you know Dirty D's done dirt cheap. You know he's he's gaining trying to gain his money. He's he's doing whatever, and ain't no fun. Um, you know it has a great lead in. The lead in is you know this is a story. Yeah, and all the names have been changed to protect the guilty. How awesome is that? Uh-huh. Lead in? <laughs> and it, it it goes through. Is just all the things he's doing to try to uh, to survive until you know it, it comes into the money and such, and all the despicable things and other things he does. The the interesting thing about this song is, this song is, and um, we were talking about this before, and uh, you were saying there's certainly longer songs live, but this song's seven minutes long, which is really long for an ACDC. That's like, it's like two ACDC songs. Oh yeah. And one. And this is where we really get into the the ACDC formula. And this is why I love this band so much. Is they have a formula and they stick with it. it and that does not translate to every song sounding the same. No. Cuz they have many different kinds of ACDC songs. But they're sort of they their, their basic formula seems to be and it's very unusual for a band that, uh, and and whatever you want to call them, I mean, definitely you could safely always say ACDC is hard rock. Definitely. There'll be people who argue the fine points of it's not heavy metal, or it's not this, or it's not that. But they're kind of a groove band, too, in a way. They're almost like a groove metal blues band. With- well, that com- yeah, that comes from their history, you know. They, they, yeah, that's the stuff they grew up on. You know, you think about it. They're, you know, when they're starting the '60s. So what they got? They have the blues, and, and and there's another song on here that is like a blues song. Oh yeah, there's two like flat out like blues songs in every you know every bit of the form of it. But like a lot of times, if you're a metal band or a hard rock band. The last that you know, if you're writing your song, and uh, you get this, that you get a riff, and these guys will take that riff, and like this song is most of this song, and you can cut it right in the middle, is the same riff, and then in the middle the riff gets stronger and a little faster and does you know a little build up, but it's basically the the guitar is doing the same thing over and over and over again and that is usually death it gets boring after a while it's cool at first but after a while you want it to change up and start doing something or you want the Mm -hmm. guitar player to start showing off a little bit and doodling around but they're not into that they're not about that they're they're putting all the attention on the lead guitarist putting on a show and the vocalist and keeping that groove super tight and super steady and you know letting it almost go to the background while the front guys rev it up and this is this is where we get to the loud effect this song isn't the most loud you know rocking acdc song and there's that like play it loud thing that people say about rock music and stuff and you think of it as sort of like it's the attitude of it you you want to be loud because it's rock and roll but it actually sounds better when you play it loud. 
right. ACDC. When you listen to ACDC just in the background, it's like, oh, that's a nice little catchy song. When you take ACDC and turn it up to 11 and pound it through, say, your brother's stereo. Oh, yeah. It, all of a sudden, you start going like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I get what they mean now. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, that repetitive riff becomes like a rock and roll jackhammer that's just driving it forward. And this is headbanging head music. Yeah. It, it it's in a lot of ways and it's funny when we one of the um videos that you sent me to watch was an interview with uh with bon scott and uh there was a point where you know they were sort of saying you know they were sort of considering it calling him a punk them a punk band and <laughs> as far as the sound of the music nah it it i i would not put them maybe in spirit since they're wild hooligans and they do whatever they want and they keep it simple right. that could be that could be considered punk rock but they do have a lot in common with like they remind me in a lot of ways of the ramones who like a lot of people are like oh the ramones made the same album over and over again which means you're missing the whole point you know which is right. they made the whole album over and over again they found a good thing and they said hey there it is <laughs> This is what we do, and then they perfected it into the perfect, you know, thing. And there's there basically there's no other band that comes out and you go, oh, this sounds like ACDC, you know. Nothing's gonna sound like no. ACDC except for ACDC, because right. they took their thing and they perfected it and they made it theirs. And it's short and it's sweet and it's simple, and it's and you know it's and at first glance people would say it's dumb but when you if you listen to their their lyrics their lyrics aren't talking about the most deep stuff but they're really witty and funny i love the uh you know the, i've got patches on my patches line in this song well, well the young brothers angus and malcolm and bon scott did um the songs together uh bon would actually do a lot of the songs uh Seen the little notebooks and stuff, him sitting down, you know, uh, writing, uh, putting together the, the music. They, you know, they're very, you know, like they said, they're workmanship. They, and then when they put together, you know, the album, you know, they, they're not going for a single. They're like, well, what's the single on this record? It's, it's not, there's not a single, it's the album. You know, they want the whole experience you know you gotta have the whole thing um i it is and the whole albums go together it's just not this one it's, it's all of them they 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 go through there's like there's a carry through you said is is the uh I, i'm not a music guy i, I can't you, you've been in the band you can you can say you can tell me what how they're doing the licks and how they're doing this i can just go on what i feel they're they're Primal, there is is a through throughout. Um. But actually, I think Primal is a good um, a good uh, segue into the next song, which is about as primal as you're gonna get. Uh, called "There's Gonna Be Some Rockin'."
clean, gonna quiver and quake, gonna shake up. Everything about this song is just what you were saying. It, straight up. It's a straight up like blues progression. Um, the song just tells you <laughs> what's going to happen in it. Lots of rocking. And then it, it, it does it. It's not a really like super fast and hard song. It's got, it reminds me a lot of T-Rex with this, how T-Rex did the blues with a sort of shuffly sort of thing but with uh, you know the ACDC uh, hard edge oh my god this song must have would have been great like in a little bar you know this is like the perfect opening song for a band well this is definitely the bar song this is when they start out you know it's that band and it is is the same riff and it carries through Um, it has that blues riff and it is a, it, it makes you want to get up and makes you want to sing along. It makes you want to pound your feet and pound the bar. Yeah, oh. I'm gonna guess that they. I, I'm gonna guess that this song. I'll bet you that when they sat down and wrote this and said, "All right, we need a we need one for the first song out on this tour." I'll bet you on the Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap tour. I'll bet you this was song number one on on the list. It just has to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this comes in with the, the famous uh, ACDC. They start with the double entendres. Um, I've learned more different ways to talk about, you know, sex and other things from ACDC. Um, this whole album's <laughs> rife <Dude>. with it. <laughs> it's like, are they talking about what I think they're talking about? Yeah, we're gonna, yeah, oh, yeah. We're gonna really get into that. Coming right, coming up soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so this is this is the continuing on with the theme, you know, is is uh, you know he's got to meet up with the chick, you know, he's got to do do his uh, party, and he's got to get, you know, um, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yes, sir. <laughs> They're all in here. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, well, that's the next song too. If you want to go into that one. Yeah, the uh, next one, yeah, uh, Problem Child.
Now this one, this one's uh, I wouldn't say a. It, it was definitely the, one of the hits off the album, or one of the uh, songs that is uh gets played a lot off this album. This is one I've I've heard on the radio a lot more, a lot more probably than Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap or uh, or Big Balls on the radio. Maybe that might be where I am in Rochester, but th- this is a. Uh, this this one definitely went right into the uh, classic rock library of like a lot of radio stations. It's not only there; it gets played a lot over here too. Um, but it's is is there's it's talking about his childhood, and Bon Scott says everyone's a problem child, so everybody relates to this. You know, we've all done that little thing here or there that you know we shouldn't have done or everybody's a problem child every now and then well i'll say this if 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 you're listening to acdc you you probably even have a higher chance <laughs> of being a problem child so yeah yeah know your audience <laughs> right i mean yeah when i hear this i always think i always picture this song coming you know floating out of a biker bar this song reminds me, well, so do, another band that ACDC reminds me of, not sounding like, but in the same vein of straight up bikery, hardcore, made the same album every time, Motorhead. Um, okay. And, uh, you know, I could hear, I could hear, you know, this song coming from a biker bar and then Ace of Spades right behind it, you know, being right, being right at home together. I I, fear, I always think Motorhead is mostly a biker bar yeah type band. Now look at Lenny. Yeah, you know you look at the guy and you're like, dude, that's a that's a biker. That's someone I would not want to meet in the dark alley. Yeah. Yeah. His mole alone could beat the shit out of me. Right. <laughs> I I was lucky enough to see Motorhead once. I I wish I had gotten more opportunity. I wish I'd seen them when I appreciated them more. But I still. It was still an amazing. They were opening up for Alice Cooper, and Alice Cooper really? was good. Yeah, Alice Cooper is good, but I was too close to the front. I was in the second row, and an Alice Cooper show in the second row is like a magic show where you can see what he's doing too much. You have to be like okay. sort of further back, and and then his show looks like. But I'm like, he's not really whipping that girl. That whip's hitting like five feet to either side of her. But if you're in the center of the stage, it looks like he's. It, you know, it's it's all set up like that, like a magic show almost. But Motorhead was just the opposite. They came out, they stood in one place, and just drove out Motorhead music for 45 minutes straight. You know, wow! And uh, it was amazing, and it was loud. It blew your hair. I had hair then, and it was blown back. And I had more th- hair back then too. As I as I imagine. Much hair was blown back in in uh, ACDC concerts. All right, well, I think uh, we'll hit the next one, which is about the midway point in this album. And it's the first flat-out dirty song, I think, of this album. Not that the other songs didn't have some dirtiness to them, but this is a nice dirty one. And it's called Squealer.
She said she'd never been Never been touched before She said she'd never been This far before And I remember when I first uh I not got this album, but I, when I first listened to this album, it was a friend of mine who had the album. We played it on his record player. I thought this song was going to be about, um, like, an informant, you know, or somebody right. who, like, got caught by the cops and turned in their friends or something. Nope. It's a song about a woman. <laughs> yep. And, and this, like, at the halfway point of the album, this is the first song where the guitar really rips loose. We get a really like scorching guitar solo after after the song slow burns when the guitar solo goes on this. You got you know up at, for the most part like Angus Young you think of him as being like this chop master, you know, just cranking out those stomping ACDC chords but uh, and and the occasional solo but then you hear here this guy is a fantastic guitar player but he just picks and chooses the place to uh, especially on an album they pick and choose you know where to show off with the guitar and boy when they do it stands right out oh yeah it's yeah it's the full build you know this is one of the mid late length songs in it and it is a very slow burn you're going like and then it slowly builds you know a little bit more you're like all right like here's coming come on come on yeah you got kids. you know yeah <laughs> it's it's acdc is a guitar band through and through a guitar band uh, yeah and it shows through this song uh phenomenally when he goes into it uh he's he's been like that since since early days they uh he plays a uh, gibson sg this is what i was learning today he plays a specific guitar with a smaller handle with a smaller um, uh neck and uh, width because angus is like five three five four maybe mm-hmm. so he needs that little thing and he plays with his uh strings in such a, fa- a fashion because they beat their guitars they don't they don't you know they don't uh strum uh, yeah they don't strum they beat them um to get the sound out of them so everything is more guttural it's, it's more of a um, uh, beefier animal and it comes through on the roofs <coughs> what? pardon me one of the first guitar things I ever learned from my guitar teacher when we were doing ACDC songs which you know I mean almost everybody's an air guitarist and if you're an ACDC fan and you've spent time listening to ACDC you do your air guitar you know and it's such a big meaty you know riffy sound that you like air guitar you're just gripping onto one side of the guitar and you're just like cranking all the strings and uh i found out he he was teaching me the the chords to it so i would figure out the chords and play it 
And then he was watching me and he was like, all right, well, you're making the right chords for it, but watch this. And he took the guitar and basically just took two fingers <laughs> instead of all five that I was twisting around to form the chord. And he just like picked out one part of the chord with the two fingers. And then he just, he, he was only hitting two strings out of, out of the guitar, but he was just pounding on them. And then th that sound came out and I was like, oh, I always thought more strings made more noise, but nope. And uh, I think ACDC are the, the masters of that or, you know, one of the bands that is that has mastered that. That technique of, you know, yeah, they're they're a hundred percent a guitar band. They could, they could almost get away without even having, a bass player, <laughs> in this band. <laughs> you really, well, I'll I'll actually get into later where you actually do hear the bass player. You can hear the bass player if you're listening for him. You know, I've I, I I the second time listening through this album, in review for the show out of like eight. Because <laughs> right. I was just rotate, leaving it in rotation. Everything I was, every Photoshop I was doing, I was listening to this in the background. And if I stopped and like paid attention to what the bass player was doing, okay, there he is, and he's just doing something simple. And it's the same with the drums. That's the thing about ACDC is if you're like, if you want to be the bass player, the rhythm section in the rhythm section of ACDC, you're not going to get a lot of glory. You're not going to get a lot of show off time. You're there to be simple and solid. The the I mean, the ACDC drummer is one of the most modest drummers of all rock and roll. That's another thing I admire about them is they don't have to go like, hey, look at me. Watch this incredible 15 Tom Tom roll that I'm doing, like Rush or something. Not that that music doesn't have its place in its own thing, but mm -hmm. for ACDC, he's there to go... <laughs> All the way, like, yep. like a machine, <laughs> like a really loud machine and nothing fancy and the bass too. And then that lets the guitar just the, take over the, the guitar and the vocals, take over the whole thing and, and lead it. And that formula works fantastically with this band. They... They could almost break themselves down to just the guitar and the vocals and still be still be awesome. But oh yeah, I've I've heard versions where they've done where they're even uh, doing a, a acoustic mm -hmm. guitars. All you need is is the two boys and Brian, mm -hmm. and and it was phenomenal. And then ACDC comes out of it. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, I've been waiting. I've been I've been eager to get to the next one. Which is the ever popular Big Balls. Well, I'm the upper, upper class high society. God's gift to ballroom notoriety And I always fill my ballroom The event is never small The social pages say I've got the biggest balls of all I've got big balls I've got big balls 
my ballroom always full And everybody comes and comes again If your name is on the guest list No one can take you higher Everybody says I've got yeah. Big balls of fire And I, I just want to say You know this song The chorus is I've got big balls She's got big balls he's got, We've got the biggest balls of all I'd just like to say they really do. <laughs> they really, really do. This, this song, I mean, it's it's so it's so immature, which is why. And when this song came out, I was eight years old, and every you know every kid was like swiping the record from their older brother. And this was the song we were the this, this song we were playing over and over again, because this song. You could actually sing this song if you were an ACDC because it's spoken. And, right. you know, Bon Scott's voice as a comedy voice is just... This is maybe this is another reason why I thought they were British. It was very Monty Python. Like, he, he's doing an upper-class upper class accent, but he's doing a ratty parody, you know, he's mocking upper class accent. Oh, right. Because that's, this is the social commentary yes. of the track. You know, you know, they're saying, you know, we're just as good as everybody else, if not better. You know, we don't need to be uh, for money. We just have to be good. Yeah, well, here's, he's saying, here's what I think of your high society. My balls. <laughs> yeah, That's what I think about your... Your high society is my bouncing set of hairy balls. And that's yep. and in 1978, 76. Well, the Australian was in 76 and the US was in 81. Oh, okay. So I was a little older. That's why I appreciated this even more. Right. It it took 5 years to get over to us this this awesomeness. Um so that's where where I saw I know I heard it in 81 i heard the u.s version i didn't hear the australian cut until this year and he and this is when you're talking about how they come in it starts out with that boom <laughs> yes. you know it gets you from the get-go you say acdc this is in the top five songs they will say this one back in black you shook me all night long Big balls is is going to be one of the top songs. Everybody knows this song. Yeah, well, this song was one of those things where it really shouldn't have got played on the radio when it came out, but it did because they they skirted the line. And like you were saying earlier, this is where I learned a, a lot about you know use of, fun use of double entendres. And oh yeah, <laughs> to, to put yeah to I mean really this didn't even get. Nobody even came close to touching these balls till the 90s with South Park when there was sort of a, uh, I, I don't know if it would be considered a hit because I don't know if they put it out as a single, but they had Chef from South Park had his uh, oh, yeah. Salty Ball, his uh, Salty Balls song. Right. And uh, this, this crushes it. Yes. Doesn't even compare. Um coming in with the with the uh is it sounds like a party it's this is your um it's like louis louis yes this is your drunk singing everybody's going to be screaming this at the top of their lungs at the party singing this it's basic 
it's that same boom, boom, you know, throughout, you know, it's doing the mechanical drum guy. He he's providing that burn, you know, in it. Um, is there's not a lot of uh, fancy uh, picking in it. No, he's there's not showing off too much until the end. Um, so they throw a little bit in there, but then it just rolls right into the next song on the album. Yes, and I like how it, it does that, how it just sort of goes right from that one into this one, although we're talking, so <laughs> I don't know how it's going to time out. Maybe we'll get lucky, but it goes into the next one, R.I.P., which of course means rock and peace. Another one where they're they're doing a well, the, the, I wouldn't say big balls is a pun, but they're doing a little word play here, right? And uh, another and it's another um, another blues and super raw blues. Now this one reminds me of ZZ Top. Of uh, I hear that Jesus just left Chicago at first. But the chord structure change. You can, like I, at the beginning, I was like, "Oh, you could almost sing Jesus Just Left Chicago' with this," and then it's like, "Nah, okay, it's different." But um, it's a boogie. It's like a blues boogie, and uh, they're really having fun here. They have that that whole feels good, like you know, like I know it should, which is sort of like a Jerry Lee Lewis um, reference, and like at the end, that classic like ACDC background singer shout you know oh it's just a great music this is this is a song where where the where um 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 there's gonna be some rock and roll was like yeah partying at the bar this is the bar fight <laughs> song right this is when the fight breaks <laughs> out <laughs> and which is good because it's seventh song in the album so it's later on in the night you know yep Actually, yeah, I, you know what? I am seeing your concept album theory, or well, or story taking taking shape now. Big balls is big balls is him strutting around the bar, having fun, partying. R.I.P.s when the 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 bar fight breaks out and people are smashing chairs over and and pint mugs in people's faces, and then. Right. At the end, the bouncer takes you, tosses your out, ass out in the street, and you take out your sunglasses, and you put on your sunglasses, and you get on your motorcycle, and you ride on. 
in another lonely town But I ain't too young to worry And I ain't too old to cry When a woman gets me down Got another empty bottle bed Ain't too young to admit it Now I'm not too old to lie But this is this is the song where you're quitting your job, you're leaving the bar fight, you're breaking up with your girlfriend and you just get on your motorcycle and cruise down the highway and be hungover and cool. Well, well yeah, when you listen to it, it's very slow. Is like the only slow song on it, but it's it, it's still loud. Um, the guitar is dirty, dirty. I, I I love the guitar on this song. This is singing the blues. Yeah. You know, it's like fuck it. You know, just ride on. You know, uh, everything has come to them. It's, it's, it's just another thing. Just keep moving on. I love the line: uh, "A red line nightmare and another red light street." Right. Yeah, it's 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 classic and it's it's the it's this this could have been the last song on the album. You know, it, it very well could have been cuz it's got that end right on it's got that end of the album. I my I have a note here it's like hoodlum rock. <laughs> <laughs> and even though this definitely hoodlum rock this whole album is. And this is like yeah, and this is like the most introspective of all the this is the most sensitive of all the songs on this album but it's still <laughs> it's still a, a brutish hoodlum song and i love it they've they've never done like all the other bands not all the other bands but a lot of other bands where you know somewhere along the line kiss wrote beth you know <laughs> Where it was even Motorhead, I can't remember the name of the. There was a Motorhead sensitive acoustic ballad, weepy ballad, that wasn't bad because the vocals were still Lemmy's, you know, gargle in in battery acid vocals. But ACDC never really gave in to that, you know, never gave in to like. Ah, we're in our 30s and we have families. Let's write a song about, you know, how lovely my baby daughter is, you know. It's no. always <laughs> it's always going to end in a in a bar fight or a, or a brawl or in the the final and I think perfect perfect ending and now that I'm thinking in the in the um album being having a theme to it this is this is this is how it's got to end and that's jailbreak there was a friend of mine on murder and the judge's gavel fell jury found him guilty even 16 years in hell Alone, and breaking the rocks from the chain gang. 
After the bar fight, they they haul your ass off to jail. This might be my favorite song on the whole album. Oh, why is that? What is, what's the is it the story? It's a story. Or? I like that it's a story. Um, maybe this is the first time it... I mean, all the... It's got all the pieces. It's got all different pieces of different kinds of ACDC songs. Plus, it's got a part where the bass player actually has a thing to do, where he does the heartbeat at the end, and the drummer gets to do some some rolls and and rock out in a couple places too. At the very, it's it's almost like when they went out at the end of this album. They said, let's go balls out and throw everything that we, every ingredient that we've got in ACDC into this song and then turn it up to 11. Well, I think this is like the most regressive one out of of, uh, the album because, like you said, everybody's into it. The drums are the most pronounced on this uh, this whole album. This is like, this is is on the last song, you go, oh, there's a drummer and a bass player on this. Yeah. Holy fuck. Bill came out of his drug haze. Yeah. He's playing. And it's just, oh, it's there. It gives you that boom, 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 you know. It's going through. You can hear the cymbals. You can hear everything. He has a, 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 a roll through, like you said, in the one part. Uh, the bass player, you can hear. Um, the whole story just rolls together. Uh, the video is awesome. They, they, they shot it in a rock quarry. Now, um, I've never the, seen the video for this. I'm going to have to go look at this after the show. Um, th- this is another thing that, that brought him into fame. There's a show in Australia called Countdown that got on, they got onto and they, they became their um, fan favorite on them. They had uh, over 30 appearances in a year. So they really helped. To, yeah, it really helped to get them and they actually produced this this uh, video for it. It's, it's primal. They're in a quarry. So you got busting out rocks. You got uh, Bon and Phil are the are the uh, prisoners uh, you got um, I think Angus is a prisoner also uh, you got Malcolm and the bass player are playing uh, uh, guards um, this has they actually got explosions in the video uh, they're pretty happy they got to play with uh, Six Dynamite for it I'm sure uh, <laughs> what band isn't it's Great, isn't it? Sorry, go ahead. It's just got the total blues scenario, you know, 16 years in the in jail for shooting your your girlfriend or your wife's lover and uh, and then breaking out and then I I love story songs when they're when they're not too drawn out and like like reading a book. This one's just a, a straight this one reminds me a little bit of Steve Miller's uh, Take the Money and Run where it's it's not you know it's 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 a little more funny because and well take the money and run is 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 the same thing where the heroes are not you know this guy's not like in prison for being innocent no and the heroes that take the money and run the guy shoots the guy dead you know when he's when he's robbing him and becomes a murderer but he's still like the protagonist of the story 
but this guy's going to get out anyway. And he's just like, you know, in the name of freedom, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's just tired of it. Yeah. 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 It, 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 but he's also sort of, he's sort of like, like somebody you would find in jail. He's sort of portraying himself as like a revolutionary hero, you know, doing this in the sake of freedom is and, and get out. So it's, he, it's it's kind of a complicated character for a for a straight up rock song. So that's I just I just love it. And then at the end he escapes, but with a bullet right in you know the last thing that happens is he gets a bullet right in his back. So he well, escapes. escape. Yep, he escapes, but not yeah. It's just it's classic. It's it's blues all the way, but it's like no you know other blues song recorded before or after because it's acdc right personally i i i want to say i get offended when other people covers their music but it's, it's i can't handle it I, i'm not a big fan of um of too many co- people who cover it right um they can do it a little bit if, if you can take it and make it your own there is this band called hayseed dixie yes Turn uh, that's the first album I heard of theirs was their tribute to ACDC, and I like it. Yeah, no, it turned into their own. Yeah, they and and it's funny. Um, they do a really good, and uh, I had I had a country band, but we did it in a different way than Hazy Dixie did it. They do it more, you know, straight up uh, bluegrass. But Hazy Dixie did a great bluegrass cover of uh, Ace of Spades by Motorhead. Yep. Too, and uh, yeah, they they're a really good band because they that that was during a time where a lot of people were doing country versions of different rock bands, but Hazy Dixie were different because you could tell they were real country musicians and they were also real fans of ACDC, and they right. just do it as like a novelty. They put some thought into it. It's sort of like um, do you remember that um? Uh, reggae Led Zeppelin band called Dread Zeppelin. They were a little bit. Yeah. Led Zeppelin songs reggae style, and the lead singer was an Elvis impersonator, who did a great. Uh, he had a great Elvis voice, but he was like fat Elvis, Elvis impersonator. They were a comedy <laughs> band, but they put a lot of thought into it, and the music was okay. really well thought out, and like. They put out four albums, and each album was really good. Like, I still listen to them. You know, they go beyond just the joke and became quality. And Hazy D- Dixie, I think they've got, like, two or three albums at least. Uh, try four or six. Yeah, and everything I've heard by them has been really good. And it wasn't just, like, a novelty. They really put a lot of thought into it. No, and they started slowing in, uh, slowly uh, rolling in their own songs, too. Um that <laughs> they do their comedy songs, but they they uh, like uh, uh, keeping your poop in a jar. Was <laughs> it <laughs> just so I can remember what a piece of shit you are and take a whiff of it? Is basically what that song is. <laughs> All right, I but, like that. Yep, uh, but they do some of their own songs, like uh, so they're not just dependent on their own cover. Um, they have a. Uh, some comedy songs like the poop in the jar there's the writer the writer song where they're singing about the writer for doing shows oh fucking awesome <laughs> they're another band that can listen to everything they do um just like acdc it's 
You see, they're, but, but they're uh, successful by not trying to be like, sound like ACDC. <laughs> no, they, they tried they to sound like ACDC, they would fail miserably. So, yeah. It, they respect them with that, and, and they do their own stuff, but there's other people who feel failed. I've, uh, uh, back in my in my day when uh, doing proms and stuff, they put on a song. It was You Shook Me All Night Long. It starts out with that riff. Everybody knows that riff. I don't care who you are. You're not even an ACDC fan. You know, you don't even know who ACDC fan is. You know that riff. You know that song. And it comes on, everybody goes out, everybody's getting in the groove, and it starts rapping. There's a rap version of You Shook Me All Night Long. Everybody vacated this floor. You hear the guy. <laughs> it, it had to be vinyl because you heard a <laughs> and you heard, you heard, sorry. <laughs> and then you put on, and then you put on the actual version, and everybody just fucking went nuts. It was awesome. But yeah, nothing ever, ever, ever will tr- ever trumps the original in any of these cases, and it's just amazing that these guys are all getting, you know, hitting close to retirement age, and they're getting ready to go on tour again. They're they got another album coming out, and it's out. It's, it's out now? December. Okay, because I was reading it in that news article, which I should have known that that news article is a few months old now. But yeah, and then they'll be touring. And uh, I'm so proud of rock and roll. They said it never would last. And all these rock and rollers are still going. You know, Chuck Berry is still doing concerts, and he's one of the, like, origin points of rock and roll. You know, some people would say he's... You know, he's one of those people that people argue over being the first rock and roll guy, you know. Right. And he's still doing concerts. Can you oh, can you hear my neighbor's cat croaking yeah. on my lap? <laughs> A little. Well, Chuck Berry is one of Angus's uh role models. Oh yeah. You that's, can tell. that's where he that's where you guys duck walk from. The de- he, well, it's it's like the duck walk times five. <laughs> it's like right? speed duck walk. And his riffs are very, um, they don't sound like him, but they're based on, like, that was one of the first things after ACDC that my guitar teacher taught me was, all right, now I'm going to teach you the Chuck Berry stuff that makes you able to do, you know, 75% of all rock and roll. And And it's almost basically something you do with your pinky finger. You know, where you have a chord and then you're wiggling around your pinky finger to different notes. And once you once you figure that out, all of a sudden you hear in your head, oh, my God. And that's what that's what ACDC is doing. And that's exactly what they should be doing. Going back to the primal roots of rock and roll, the basic building blocks, you know, right. They build a structure out of the basic building blocks and then they take the guitar and the leads it's so classic it's so traditional classic rock and roll and then they take the guitar and the vocals and they decorate that very very plain not plain but very simple background and then they add all the color and, and excitement to it and the end you don't need anything more you know you don't need you don't need you'll never hear an ACDC song where they're like oh we got the um you know the the London Philharmonic Orchestra to to go through this middle part where we have you know ten different 
musical themes playing out and no (laughs) nope no there's there's straightforward yep there's there's nothing no hidden hidden anything with them is 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 they put all out there they uh give it their all um you know you don't feel like they're holding back at any time no not at all. The even, opposite even, of holding back. They're past right. the 100% point almost from the beginning. to they, instead, of, instead of what most bands do is just start out at 75% and do a build towards 105%. They start out on 100% and just keep working towards 120% at the end of the show or whatever, you know. And that's you, what, that's what you got to do when you're one of those bands. And that's what make, you know, that's the bread and butter of it, you know, getting out there and and physically being the rock and roll there's no no synthesis you know you don't need a five synthesizer players and and anything to uh auto-tune the voice up or or background singers and and dancers and stuff no it's just human bodies pounding out rock and roll right they keep it you keep you pumped they keep and when you come out of the acdc you're you're not you don't feel wasted. You're still energized. You're still right. So revved. You run, run 10 miles. You know, well, they don't have any downer songs. (laughs) No, (laughs) they they don't have any songs to be like, "Ah, I'm just going to sit down and rest out this one, have a cigarette and, or have a, have a nice little slow dance with my girl. (laughs) Right. It's not happening. (laughs) If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Well, I'm ever upper class. High society. God's gift to podcast notoriety. And I always fill my podcast. The event is never small. The social pages say I've got the biggest pods of all. I've got big pods. I've got big pods. They're such big pods. And they're dirty big pods. And he's got big pods. And she's got big pods. But we've got the biggest pods of them all. Well, my pods are always bouncing. My pods are always full, and everybody comes and comes again. If your name is on the guest list, no, it can't take you higher. Everybody says I've got great podcasts of fire. I've got big pods. Oh, I've got big pods. They're such big pods. Dirty big pods. And he's got big pods. And she's got big pods. But we've got the biggest pods of them all. Some pods are held for charity and some for fancy dress. But podcasts held for pleasure are the pods. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T W O T R U E F R E A K S. 
you can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Freaks. Suck it to me? (laughs) 